Exploring the natural world, one podcast episode at a time. This is For What It's Earth. Hi all, and thank you for joining me for another episode of For What It's Earth by me, Marissa Jacobs of the Art of Ecology. Here, nature enthusiasts, animal lovers, and eco-warriors can discover and explore so many facets of the environment that we all love and some creative ways to make a positive difference for the planet. This week, we'll examine a very exciting nationally recognized week. Last Sunday marked the start of a very colorful time of year, the start of Fall Foliage Week. While summer is definitely my favorite season climate-wise, I mean, put me in warm, dry heat absolutely any day and I'll be happy. Let me tell you, my time in Dubai, in the desert, in 110 degree heat was, oh, so, so good. I loved it. Dry heat, love it. But autumn still does hold a special place in my heart since I love all things color. This season is absolutely known for its colorful changes. So what makes fall colors so spectacular and why are certain locations known for their foliage displays? I know growing up in the Pocono Mountains, we actually had a fall foliage festival and it was this huge to-do. Why should there even be a week designated to celebrating this? I mean, honestly, who really cares? Well, let's start with how the color change happens, and then maybe we can start to see a little bit more as we understand the science of it. We can understand the beauty of it a little bit more as well. In the growing season, so think your spring and summer are gonna be growing seasons and then fall things are starting to die down and then winter is a dormant season. So in the growing seasons, the trees acquire energy through a process called photosynthesis. Now, if you remember way, way back to like fourth grade biology, fourth grade science, you know that there's the leaves, they put their little green parts out and sunlight hits those green leaves. The green is called chlorophyll. And when sunlight hits the chlorophyll pigment, think it kind of like vibrates and shakes and it gets so excited. And with that excitement, when water and carbon dioxide or CO2 are added to this equation, Overall, the process creates sugars for the plant, which keeps this plant happy and healthy. And it acts as food resources. So instead of, you know, people, animals, wildlife, we have to go and get our food. We can't just make food. Yeah, we can make bread from scratch or we can make a delicious dinner but we are not actually producing each individual part of our meal. We have to go out and get the food. Plants, on the other hand, have the ability to really and truly make their own food. However, this really vibrant and bountiful chlorophyll pigment that helps to make energy also requires 
a super ton of energy to create and to sustain. So as days get shorter, especially now in the autumn season, we're noticing that the sunset is happening a little bit earlier than it used to and the sunrise is happening a little bit later. Days are becoming shorter, so the amount of sunlight available, just it's more scarce and the production of energy overall in the plant does not outweigh how much energy it takes to sustain the chlorophyll. Overall, net energy production goes way down and it's not worth it to the plant to use up that much energy creating something that isn't doing anything for it in return. So the tree being very efficient breaks down and reabsorbs that chlorophyll to save it for the next growing season. This efficient process then reveals the other pigments that were visually drowned out by the chlorophyll's vibrant color and sheer quantity. And ta-da! You are left with the yellows, the golds, the peaches, the oranges, the reds all of those beautiful colors of autumn. Having these other pigments is really important for the plant's overall health, despite being overwhelmed visually with the chlorophyll throughout the rest of the year. So even in the spring, even in the summer, this tree still has these other pigments in the leaf. It's just due to the sheer quantity of chlorophyll you're not going to see it. It's kind of like drawing three little dots on a page of red, yellow, and orange, and then just dumping a bottle of green paint over top. Even though those reds, the yellows, the oranges are still there, they're just not going to be seen because there's so much green. For example, we have the yellow pigment, which is called xanthophylls. These xanthophylls help to absorb blue light wavelengths that the chlorophyll misses. These blue wavelengths and other light waves that are missed can actually be harmful to the plant. So having another pigment kind of as backup is really important. The orange pigment or carotenoids also aid in absorbing various mist light waves. However, they also have an interesting role of acting as an antioxidant to the plant. As photosynthesis, the whole entire process requires carbon dioxide. As this chemical process continues, the carbon dioxide gets broken down into its different components. You have carbon, you have oxygen, and that creates your carbon dioxide. Overall, the breakdown of CO2 can create something called free radicals. These are single oxygen molecules that kind of just float around. And as they float around, they have the ability to bind with other different molecules and the molecules created can be very, very harmful to the plant. So we want to avoid any free radicals. Carotenoids 
help to prevent damage caused by these floating molecules. Yay for carotenoids! Now, with the red pigments, or anthocyanins, these are responsible for acting kind of like a sunscreen for the plant. In the spring, the baby leaves of the tree are so, so delicate. Have you ever felt the leaves of a red maple in May versus the leaves of the same exact tree in August? In May, they feel almost soft, like a fabric, very bendy, very pliable, but easily damaged like tissue paper. However, in August, they've grown, they've developed, they've become more sturdy over time. The leaves are less soft and less easily torn or damaged. They almost become crunchy or more paper-like rather than fabric and bendy and swooshy. These poor spring delicate leaves, they're not accustomed to sunlight, they just developed. So having these anthocyanins present can bounce harmful light waves away from the baby foliage. Anthocyanins are also another primary source of antioxidant and immune system power. If you have ever heard that blueberries or beets or red leafy greens were better for you or they're superfoods and you should have more of them as compared to their less colorful or vibrant foods, that's true. These deep red pigments or these anthocyanins not only provide humans with a boosted immune system, but they also do the same thing for the plant it lives in and gives it these similar immune system and boosting abilities. A plant with a healthy dose of red pigments is more likely to avoid fungal or bacterial infections and wounds than a plant whose red pigments are lacking usually due to inadequate light or inadequate nutrient uptake through the roots. Overall, these pigments play really important role in tree health. So having at least some of them present throughout the course of the year is vital. Once the chlorophyll fades away in the fall when they get reabsorbed, you are left with their brilliant displays that are still necessary for as long as the tree holds on to the leaves, which once late fall comes and the leaves start dropping, the tree is saying, I don't even need these anymore. I'm shutting down for the winter. So I'm going to shed all bits of my leaves. It's going to fall to the ground right around my root system to decay. Once they decay, all of these Leaves get chopped up by the wind. They get eaten by snails and slugs. They get broken down by fungi. Those nutrients will be reabsorbed into the soil and the fungi can help the tree actually take up the nutrients from its leaves all over again. This system is so efficient. It is so amazing how the tree knows, okay, I drop my leaves and I'm going to reabsorb their nutrients. So ultimately, I'm not really losing too much. I'll be able to produce more leaves next year. It's so cool. But some years we notice that the fall foliage, the leaves themselves seem kind of dull 
or lackluster, or maybe there's a little bit more browns or just beigey yellows as opposed to sunshine yellows and golds and peaches. But then other years, the same exact tree, the colors are absolutely brilliant. So what changes from year to year? Well, as the leaves start to change, so think now this is late summer, maybe August or starting of September, clear skies and crisp nights help the leaves put on their best color display. The exact science behind this is kind of long-winded and complex, but overall, here's my best attempt at a shorter answer. The clear skies will allow for the tree to still obtain sunlight, right? Cloud cover, you're covering parts of the sun. The amount of light waves that can get into the chlorophyll is, is lessened. But with clear skies, the, the tree can still obtain the amount of sunlight and create energy needed to maintain the current pigment lineup. And the crisp nights help ensure that the energy doesn't really get a chance to move very far away from the leaf. If it was warmer out, the molecules and the energy could go hoorah, yeah, ha! Be very action-packed, really excited, and move very quickly and can leave the leaf. But the colder it gets, the slower molecules move. They're still gonna move around and give the tree the energy it needs. It's just gonna be a lot less fast. And ultimately, it creates beautiful pigment displays. Now, freezing nights, on the other hand, can completely kill the foliage, which is absolutely not gonna help for any sort of beautiful fall color display. Now, let's think about factors that can come into play during the early summer into midsummer. Here, we have had a ton of hurricanes hit us. There's been really heavy extreme storms and crazy strong winds going up to 30, 40, 50 miles an hour. These winds can blow leaves around completely off the tree. Strong rains can rip the leaves off as well. And if there's too much or too strong of rain or wind during the summer and excess leaf drop occurs, the fall foliage may not be as vibrant since the remaining leaves are now working overtime. They're working doubly hard just to keep up energy production. As the fall then approaches and temperatures drop and the sunlight doesn't last as long, the tree will be severely impacted. However, it's just as likely, especially here in PA and as human-caused climate change continues, that there will be extended periods of drought in the summer. July and August can be pretty dry here. In some years, there's just not enough rain in the summer to keep photosynthesis at an efficient energy production level. During a drought, the energy production is going to be very low, preventing the leaves from creating the quantity and quality of pigments needed for that beautiful fall landscape farther down the road. Fall foliage is kind of like Goldilocks. 
the trees need the conditions to be just right in order for the leaves to have the most spectacular displays. Certain areas like hill and mountain regions can experience something called a rain shadow and may have beautiful colors on one side and a less stunning kind of brown view on the other. Rain shadows are caused by clouds dumping their water on one side of the mountain before they cross to the other. In forested areas near more steady and constant bodies of water such as lakes and rivers as opposed to little ephemeral streams or creeks or areas that just rely on rain and groundwater, they may have more spectacular fall foliage displays since the trees are going to have a more reliable and constant source of water to use. For example, the chances of the Delaware River in southeastern PA where I live now, or the Lehigh River in the eastern central portion of PA that I grew up in, completely drying up are not very likely, even with an extended period of drought. So the areas like those along the Delaware River or along the Lehigh River here in Pennsylvania might have more beautiful fall foliage display than areas out in central North America, even beyond central PA that don't have these rivers flowing through. While it's great to be able to go hiking and take a visit to the places that have gorgeous fall foliage in those mountainous regions, not everyone gets to do that or it's too far or you just don't feel like traveling today. So how can we add some fall color to our own backyards? Well, fortunately, there are many trees that are known for their stunning, stunning fall landscape addition. So, Many even are natives. They're going to provide autumn habitat and food resources for wildlife species as well. If you are looking to add a fiery red color, try planting a dogwood or a sugar or red maple or even a red oak. Although the red oaks might be more of a deep burgundy, which can also be really beautiful. Do you enjoy those peachy oranges where there's like a weird amount of orange, yellow, and red that creates, uh, looks to me kind of like a grapefruit color? You can try to find a staghorn sumac to plant or a sassafras. What I find really cool about both of those trees is that with the sumac, you can have those peachy oranges, yellows, or deep, deep reds, especially the reds earlier in the season. The sassafras with its various types of leaves, if you think of a sassafras tree, it has three different leaves. It has completely entire leaves. It has mitten-shaped leaves. And then it has what I call the dinosaur foot leaves, where there's three kind of lobes to it they might all kind of vary and change a little bit from one leaf to the next. So if you're looking for some diversity within one tree, those are great ones to plant as well. 
If, like me, you love the color yellow, you might want to try planting a beech, a sycamore, or a tulip poplar. Now, on top of the fall foliage, if you plant those trees with ones like the tulip poplar, dogwood, or sumac, you'll have the added bonus of flowers or fruits. Dogwood and tulip poplar flowers are gorgeous and sumac fruits are actually edible. So there's many, many ways to enjoy these trees year round if you want them beyond just their fall color. But if you don't have as much space to plant huge trees, there's many gorgeous shrubs as well to plant. One of them is witch hazel, which is also a native and has year-round benefit in the spring. They have these weird little, it looks to me like yellow or red shredded coconut flakes that helps them with their flower production. And then in the, in the fall, they have beautiful, beautiful yellow coloration. There's bottle brush buckeye, some types of service berries, and even native high bush blueberries that have really, really vibrant and brilliant color. And fortunately, those are all great wildlife and ecosystem plants as well, beyond just your standard burning bush or euonymus shrub that is really pretty, but doesn't add a great tremendous amount of ecosystem value. So if you don't have enough space to plant a large spready tree, don't worry, you can invest in some really nice shrubs instead. So for what it's earth, this autumn, remember to go get outside and experience the beauty of the autumn season, especially during fall foliage week. You can witness nature's amazing ability to adapt to stay strong during transitions and changes. You can also go, there's many different environmental groups that will post the peak color time and they'll show little maps of your state that say, oh, peak color is probably gonna come at this time. And you'll see the different levels so that you don't miss out on the best color of the season. With that, Thank you so much for digging deeper into the natural world with the Art of Ecology. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please support, review, and continue to follow along to explore more of the wonderful ecosystems that we are a part of. For What It's Earth can be found on many podcast streaming platforms. For more tips and eco-inspiration, Check out my blog at www.theartofecology.com. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at The Art of Ecology. And with that, I will see you next time on For What It's Earth.